It's that time of year again. Easter, you ask? Not quite. Actually, it's Pixar time. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about everything related to entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. This week, Disney Pixar's latest animated movie, Onward, lands in theaters. We're going to talk a little bit about that film, but I want to talk more broadly about Pixar's contribution to the cinematic world in general, because I think that that they have made a deep impact. And so we're going to kick that around here today. And speaking of talking, we would love for you to join our conversation as well. So be sure to let us know what you think by emailing us at team at thepluggedinshow.com. We want to hear from you. Joining me for our talk today are... Kristen Smith. Bob Hoos. Paul Acey. Jonathan McKee. All right. Before we dive into our discussion about Onward and Pixar, I have a fun icebreaker for us today. What was the first animated or kids movie that you remember seeing in theaters and how did you respond to it? I remember, okay, I remember seeing Mulan for the first time, but I've been told by my parents that The Lion King was the first that I went to see and that I stood at three years old on top of the seats and at the top of my lungs belted out all the lyrics because the track came out before the movie and I knew all the words. So so. things haven't changed that much. No, no, uh -uh, no. But Mulan, I think, is the one I remember the most. Uh, this one's going to age me for sure because I, <laughs> mine, mine was Mary Poppins. Oh, oh it was I the love first, it. first mm. film I ever saw in a theater. I was a little tiny guy though, <laughs> but I went in and it was it was glorious. It, even though it was a teeny little th- uh, small town theater, it was just glorious to see something on the big screen. It was great. Okay, so Jonathan, don't judge me on this. No, no <laughs> comments from the peanut gallery. The first movie I remember seeing, animated movie, Snow White. Oh, in man. theaters? In theaters. Well, because was it like a re-release? It was a re-release. So I, I went to the theaters, <laughs> and I sat down, and the thing that I remember was the, the queen transforming into the witch. It messed me up. Oh, it I've was, often wondered what happened yeah, to you. It was, it was totally that movie. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. Well, I'm I'm glad that you you know liked a film where you have to cut someone's heart out and put it in a box. So uh, for me, I think Explains it a lot, was, doesn't it? You know, I, I know I saw some of those when I was a kid, but honestly, when you when you said that question, the first film I remember sitting down in the theater was on a date with my wife, and we went and saw Beauty and the Beast. And we just, I remember literally being awestruck because we love musicals. We love, and, and Beauty and the Beast still is probably my favorite Disney film yep. ever. And when she was, you know, singing Walk Around the Town, you know, saying hi to the baker, oh, yeah. you know, and all the different stuff, you know, we could sing it. We won't. But, uh, you know, it is just, Adam's really for me, tempted it, right it now. was a huge impact. We it's loved true. it. And I was a Laserdisc nerd at the time. I bought, like, <laughs> when it was released on Laserdisc, I bought, like, this... Uh, this exactly. this work is part. This? I know. Exactly. I she goes, of course, Chris. We'll what tell you is about that? It it's pretty DVD. It's like, Look it it's like a giant DVD. But, uh, right. but no, I mean, we bought the work in progress. I mean, it, I loved that movie. I loved everything about it. Incredible opening musical number. All I mean, really, that. it was incredible. Absolutely. I want to yeah. sing it, but so go ahead, Adam. Originally, I asked the question, what was the first animated movie you saw? And then I thought about the question for myself. And I couldn't think of the first animated 
movie that I saw in theaters. And so I changed it to give myself room to actually answer my own question. Um, And I'm going to go with one that actually is a little bit animated. Pete's Dragon from 1977, which is mostly live action, but literally Mm -hmm. it has an animated, like cartoon animated dragon, which is interesting to me because I think we can tend to think of something like maybe Who Framed Roger Rabbit or, you know, when I try to think about the blending of live action and animation, but I forgot Pete's Dragon did it. All the way well, back in 1977. Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Yeah, Mary Poppins. Yeah, oh, and yeah Mary, for sure. That's right. See, Mary Poppins. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. even thinking about that. So, see, this has been a very informative discussion to kick <laughs> off our conversation. I wish we could just talk about Pete's Dragon now, but about, that's all right. <laughs> well, I watched the trailer again, and you should go watch it later and then come talk to me because it's pretty – was well, pretty dated. Let's just say it It hasn't really... I have some Pete's Dragon stories. That'll wait for another time. It doesn't time. really hold it's, up. It's okay. as dated as a Terrence Malick film. Oh, my oh, goodness. Again Jonathan. with the Terrence Malick. Jonathan. Let it go, man. <laughs> no, that's Frozen. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Let it go. All right, now we're just... Uh, now we're, now we're just... Pre-associating. Exactly. So it seems hard to believe, but uh, this is going to make all of us feel a little old. It's been 25 years yeah. Since Toy Story came out. Can you believe wow. that? I was like uh, born. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Kristen wasn't going to movies yet because she didn't have any long-term memory to like store them. Um, or teeth. <laughs> so since then, <laughs> Pixar has churned out 22 feature films if we count Onward, which opens in, in theaters this weekend. Wow. Pixar, of course, was purchased by Disney mm-hmm. from Apple in 2006 for the low, mm-hmm. low price of $7.4 billion, which seems like a bargain Casual. now, doesn't it? It's your salary, it? Adam. It's my salary. It's not, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but here's your trivia question. Did you know that Apple wasn't Pixar's first home? Yes. You knew that? Okay, mm-hmm. so where did it come from? Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Yes. Yeah, Pixar started in 1979. From the Star Wars closet. It came out of the Star Wars. So it all goes back to Star Wars. Which all, all goes it back. Does. It kind of makes me warm inside. Okay. I want to talk about Onward a little bit, and then we'll talk about Pixar a little bit more broadly. A couple of us have had the chance to see Onward uh, before it, it lands in theaters. If you've seen the trailer, you might get the sense that this is a movie about magic and a guy whose torso is mysteriously missing. Uh, but as with all Pixar movies, there's probably more going on with that. So what is going on with the plot of this one? Yeah, it, it takes place in what used to be a magical realm. You're dealing with with cyclopses, you're dealing with elves, you're dealing with trolls. They live in this suburban world that would look very familiar to f- fans of fantasy, only there's really no magic. It, it turns out that technology... The magic has gone away. The magic has gone Sadness. away. It's, it, it has become sort of a technological... It looks a lot like our world, actually. With except, cy- cyclopsi. Exactly. And, and so you have these two brothers, Ian and Barley. Um, they have lost their father long, long, long ago. He died of a, of a, of a terrible disease, which is sort of unnamed. Uh, but they really long to, to see their dad again. And turns out that their dad, before he died, got sort of into magic again. He was a magician. He had this staff. He has this magical gem. Staff? Yeah. Magical gem with this magical staff. And all of a sudden, they they realize that with this staff, they can bring their dad back for a day. 
but the spell doesn't quite work the way they wanted it to, and so it zaps the the bottom half of the, their dad back, <laughs> which is of course the the you know not the best half of dad to have. Because they can't you talk. Have. Yeah, exactly. You can't have those heart to heart conversations. You can take him for a walk, but you can't actually <laughs> talk with him. So that's sort of where the movie starts, and and it's yep. essentially this this quest to see if they can get the rest of their dad back. And within, within 24 hours. Within 24 hours, you're because not, dad gonna, is going to vanish. You're not going to re- review it now, though, are you? No. No, no, no. no okay, no. because I, I, I'll be honest, um, it looks, when I saw the trailer, it was the least appealing Pixar movie I've ever seen in terms of a trailer. It just looks like a... Don't be lame, Bob. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and I think that it does that thing that Pixar movies do because I have to confess I have watched Pixar trailers before and thought to myself really right 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 you're right. going to make a uh-huh. whole movie out of this I think up was one of the ones yeah. I'm like okay yeah. so For it's sure. an old dude and a kid and they're in a hot air balloon yeah. how are they going to make a, a whole movie, movie out of it yeah. Yeah. out of this yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, brave was an incredible trailer that was a great one yeah it's really interesting, though, because I think you're absolutely right. When when I have seen those trailers for the Pixar movies, even with the the incredible history they've had, Up, WALL-E, The Incredibles, I would look at those trailers and I would say, eh, that looks nice. Yeah, I'm not even uh, sure I really want to see it. And then you would see the it. movies and they would be in these incredible works of art, I think. Yeah. Well, I remember, honestly, I mean, don't you know, throw stones at me, but when I first saw <laughs> Paul, the trailer— Paul, stone down. <laughs> when I saw the trailer to Toy Story, I literally rolled my eyes and thought, that's going to be lame. And I went to see it anyway, and it's one of my favorites. Yeah. This picture. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is. You know, so, so trailers can be really deceiving, and I hate those trailers that give the whole movie away. Maybe, you know, maybe that's what I needed. I don't know. But I thought, you know, I agree with Bob. When I saw this, I thought... My first thought was, that looks lame. And then I thought, Johnny, remember, other films have looked lame that weren't lame. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, I think that Pixar, we can say, has consistently done incredible movies. Now, maybe not everyone has hit the Toy Story mark or, you know, whatever you think the high watermark is for Pixar films, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But what is it that you think Pixar did that really elevated the genre of animation? Because I think after Toy Story, nothing was ever quite the same when it came to kids' movies or animated movies. Um, I think... Because Disney's very princess, prince, rescuing, you know, like the whole fairy tale magical thing, um, which is great. I love Disney, too. But I think they give something both for kids and adults. And a lot of films, like Inside Out is one in particular, watching that, I'm thinking there's no way a kid got all of this stuff, like all all the impact and what it was really talking about. um, But an adult did. And so I think you can kind of grow with it. In a cool way that you might not see until later down the road, oh, that's what it was or that's what it meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think I think that's absolutely right. I think sometimes we think about children's cartoons in the era before Pixar and, and think of them as simplistic. I, I think that that's a little oh, bit yeah. unfair because I think that there is some, some depth and richness to the storytelling. But the, the messages they portray are, are fairly predictable, I think, overall. 
when you hit Pixar, all of a sudden you have this depth and resonance and you have these multi-layered stories that work on so many different levels. And the other thing is that they're dealing with issues that are really difficult to deal with in a resonant way. Mm -hmm. You're talking about grief. You're talking about sacrifice, growing up, being there for other people. We're talking about some messages about responsibility and and growing up and and being mature that is very, very difficult to portray in a resonant way. They hit us on a heart, soul, and mind level. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which which a lot of kids' movies don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I think that for a lot of us when we see films, you know, when the cinematography is amazing, sometimes it wows us to this deeper level. And I got to admit, Pixar just, you know, I mean, is amazing to look at. And, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, and maybe it's just, I mean, I, I was, you know, I know some of our listeners here, you, maybe you can relate to me. I was one of those nerdy film guys. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, granted, I was a film major, and we used to go to these animation festivals. So, uh, and not a lot of guys with girlfriends actually went to these. But, um, <laughs> but you know, but, but, but we went to these, and we would, like, admire. And I, so, I mean, on that level pixar just was superior always and so when you combine that with a great story and great humor and actors voices who you knew i mean man it's just it's the whole schmeal yeah you know i think that pixar did something that in some ways is kind of parallel to what we saw with comic book movies that there was a time when comic books and superheroes were thought of as as really something for kids and about the mid 80s or so uh, you know, that kind of just got blown up. And all of a sudden there were these deeper messages for adults. And I think Pixar took a similar formula and, you know, as we've been talking about, created a story that works for adults yeah. as well and sometimes even, even better, better yeah. than it does for mm. kids. I never have to worry about going to a Pixar movie. You know, am I going to be looking at my watch just waiting for this annoying story to be done? And sometimes with kids' movies – they're so one-dimensional and they're so dumbed down, uh, but but not with Pixar. Yeah, the thing that you have to look at, you're not looking for your watch, you're looking for a Kleenex. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's true. There are times in, in Up, that's one of my favorite movies ever, you know, that, that opening sequence. I was reviewing that movie. I could barely see the paper. <laughs> and there were tears drops. were streaming Just, oh, yeah. on my face. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great segue to our next question. What Pixar movie worked best for you and why? So for Paul, it's Up. It's Up. Okay. <laughs> um, I would choose Coco. And I know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. Visually, Coco was on point. But not only that, I think it embraced Latina culture and it did such a good job. Like the Chunkla, the shoe. I mean, all these like little nuances. And you've spent some time in South America. Yeah, and, I lived in Argentina for, for seven months and I've been around. But I think it's so cool because they did such a good job, not only capturing the culture. But man, the point of the film, it's like at the end of your life, when you've accomplished all this stuff, like what really matters? Yeah. It's family and it's people. And I, I weep every time I watch that movie. It was my, the only movie my two-year-old would sit through all the way. Like, and he, he can watch it on repeat. And so I just join him. We could take a whole podcast <laughs> yeah. discussing the pros and cons of that film. <laughs> um, I, I, my favorite would still be uh, The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Just love that film. Yeah, it's got, it's got and why? It, well, Tell it's, me why. It's got it's got all these elements in there. It's got the superhero thing, but it also has sort of like the secret agent side. But it's such a rich when you watch it and pay attention to what's going on. It's such a rich story about family and love and yeah, commitment. It is. It's really strong, Jonathan. 
I have to echo Bob. Uh, Incredibles was incredible. I mean, it just, for me, it was this fun story where you see this superhero who's now this overweight dad. Maybe I related a little bit to that. And it was just, <laughs> Easy. I, I thought that was so, uh, and then the action was fun. The humor was there. And not more. I mean, there was just so many great, I mean, it was, it was awesome. I loved it. It was, it was a complete Film and I actually had a list of my favorite films and it made it pretty high on the list, you know, right up there next to Beauty and the Beast. So. Mm. And I had a hard time picking one. And even yeah. as I'm sitting here, I'm going back and forth between a couple in my mind. But I think I might go with Wall-E. Yeah. Uh, it was mm. almost like a silent movie. You mm-hmm. know, it was yeah. it was lyrical and beautiful. It's a love story between oh, yeah. two robots. Uh, and they're also... Uh, overweight middle-aged men in that one too so maybe yes. maybe i too was connecting with the subliminal message and it had something to say about consumerism as well i mean it, yeah. it actually had a lot to say you know that was the point of the whole you're right well no the point was the romance between the sorry, robots sorry, but, that, yeah. but see that's the great thing about the pixar movies we were talking about all the different elements that yeah. make them stand out each one of them has there's these little messages about Everything mm. from our society to our relationships. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, there's so much going on there. Well, and I think Wally also brings up something that, that I think is sometimes overlooked when it comes to Pixar movies, how incredibly daring and creative they are. When you so talk about creative. having sort of that, that silent movie. Yeah. And, and this is a movie for kids. Are kids going to sit through that? They make it so entertaining, so enjoyable, so resonant that, that it really is truly a family family oh, movie. I, I found it a remarkable experience. Well, several of the creative forces behind these films, such as Andrew Stanton and Brad Bird, have been pretty outspoken about their Christian faith. Pixar's movies aren't Christian movies in the way that we would normally think of that phrase, but they often have some themes that have a definite echo or reflection of faith themes. Where would you say that some of those themes show up in in any of the Pixar movies that you've seen? I mean, I think if I'm taking the one that I used, if I'm using Coco, forgiveness is a huge, like that's almost the main point of the entire film like how hard it is to to forgive someone that has hurt you so deeply but the kind of release and freedom that comes over you when you do okay yeah and i think that man there's just so much you could almost go right down the list and talk about some of some of the powerful messages that you have and and again like you say adam and they're not they're not explicitly christian but i think the thing that that impacts me when I think about Pixar movies as a whole is how flawed uh, many of the main characters are. Very few of the Pixar movies actually have a bad guy. You have these characters who are fighting in some ways against themselves. And it goes back, I That's think, to, to, the, uh, to the very first Pixar movie, you know, uh, you have Woody telling Buzz, that's not flying, that's falling with style. <laughs> and when you think about sort of what Pixar is sort of telling us overall, it's that we fall, hmm. but that we can get back up. We can do it with style. We can do it with style. <laughs> no, I, I think that it, it really is sort of one of those things where there's a beauty in yeah. falling and there's a beauty in rising again. And if you And if you look at each of the films, you'll see these central themes that are very... Very Christian, very mm. right out of the Bible, you know, things like forgiveness and, and love. Sacrifice. And, and all, all these sacrifices all, all over all the All these place. different virtues mm-hmm. that, that, are, that are very prominent in each of the films. You know, I think my favorite, and this is, it stretches over the whole film, is Finding Nemo. You know, here you so have, good. You have a, a son who gets mad at his dad and is 
you know, mildly rebellious for a moment. And that moment has huge consequences. And he's scooped up in a net and taken away. And his dad pursues him. And, you know, I I think about the parable of the prodigal son, you know, that here you had a father who's watching every day for the return of his son. And and when he sees him far away, you know, he hikes up his robes and he chases after him before his son can even find him. And that idea of of the pursuing father, I think, is is deep in that movie. Mm -hmm. No, preach it, Adam. I mean, it it was the (laughs) antithesis of the little mermaid where the little mermaid is the rebellious teenager. Who's like, my dad doesn't understand. Let me go out and figure it out on my own. And then she does. And then dad's all, I'm sorry. I was bad and dumb. Like all Disney parents are, (laughs) you know, you know, I mean, it was finding Nemo was biblical with this dad pursuing him. So no, that was awesome. Yeah, No. And I think that that's absolutely, it's a great illustration of the difference between sort of the, the movies that came before Pixar and, and Pixar movies. You know, I, I, I really dig the little mermaid. I think that it's a great movie, but you're right. It has this complex message that isn't necessarily completely positive. And the other thing about it is that it has that traditional happy ending. When you look at a lot of Pixar movies, the endings are bittersweet. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times the, the happy endings, they all have happy endings, but there's there's a taste of, of unrequited something. Yep. Yeah. There's disappointment there that, that makes it them richer and more resonant And that's why we're crying at the end. Yeah, right? Inside yeah. Out does that so well, I think. Oh, yeah, they Inside take, Out totally does it. They take all of these. I mean, I've moved a lot, and I remember the little girl, you know, as they're going through her memories, like, but if you were to take one of those really difficult memories out, it wouldn't be as rich, mm-hmm. and it would discolor yeah. something yeah. else that affected it. I thought, wow, well, that's so powerful. And I'm, and I'm so glad you brought up the creative forces behind. I mean, we think of Pixar as this conglomerate of yeah. this brain trust. But some of the individuals like Brad Bird, I think Brad Bird is a fabulous director. Yeah. I think everything I've seen of his, I, I love. And yeah. Mission and, Impossible films. Yeah, well, even that. And and some of the, like, the film before he started directing for Pixar, The Iron Giant. Oh, yeah. I was, love The Iron Giant. You know, Giant. You, you, talk about, you talk about a film about redemption. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great film. Well, it's easy to wax eloquent about these movies, and obviously we've done quite a lot of that here. Um, And I think it can be easy for us to almost unconsciously check our discernment at the door. You know, it's it's Pixar, you know, let's just go enjoy the movie. But, you know, are there any content or worldview issues that come to mind when we think about these stories that that we need to just be aware of and and thinking about with an equal level of, of biblical attention? You know, one of the things I think that Pixar does really well is it forces your brain to be engaged. And I think that, mm-hmm. that that's one of the things that we preach here all the time at Plugged In is is to go into these movies understanding that you need to be thinking about everything that's in them. Um, and we do have some problems. I mean, yeah. I mean, Adam, you and I have talked about some of the issues that, we, that we're in onward. Yeah. Uh, you'd have to be aware that even Pixar, as strong of a storytelling operation as it is, there's going to be some things that could rub against what you're trying to teach your children and be prepared to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We always have to be engaging, I think, with discernment uh, and with intentionality. And and we can also be deeply moved emotionally. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious from the conversation that we've had here today Mm -hmm. and that Pixar especially has excelled at creating stories that accomplish that. But we want to always be thinking in terms of biblical discernment as well. 
So what about you? What's your favorite Pixar movie and why? Uh, did we miss your favorite? We only talked about really all of them. A few. <laughs> I mean, there's 22 to pick. You know, if there are any Cars fans out there, I really like Cars, even though that's not normally listed in the canon. So what about you? What's your favorite? Drop us a line and tell us your thoughts about today's show at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And on our episode page for today's show, you'll find links to all of the Pixar movies that we have reviewed. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, be sure you do that wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends about us too. Tell them that we talk about cool stuff like (laughs) Pixar movies and what our favorite Pixar movie is, and that should reel them in. So thanks for spending time with us today. We look forward to you joining us for our next conversation on The Plugged In Show.